0: And welcome to November on the Pure Opelka Podcast. Welcome to November everywhere. It's November 1st, 2023. We are 369 days away from the most important election in your lifetime. Just 369 days away. And it'll go in a flash. So be ready. Be as ready as you can be. We really need to make this one happen for our side. As the Democrats like to say, our very democracy is at stake. No, our republic is at stake. They can say all that they want, but it's a republic if we can keep it. So much going on in the last 24 hours. We'll try and give you a quick update. Uh, but I have radio updates today. I'll be back on for Rich Zioli from 6 to 7 p.m. And then Thursday and Friday, all across this great nation, for uh, Joe Pags on The Joe Pags Show. I will post links on pureopelka.com along with the the stories that I'm keeping my eye on today and every day during the week. You can check those out, pureopelka.com. Today, as I said, we'll do a little bit of uh, coverage of the stories of the day and uh, Dr. Mike Roizen is going to join us. I want to talk to him about the Wellness Wednesday research he talks to us about. But in the wake of the Matthew Perry death at the age of just 54, I think one of the contributing factors to Perry dying and probably due to a relapse, he's, you know, had problems with addiction for years and years and years, 17 times in rehab. Uh, One of the things that probably contributed in my speculation is loneliness. And Dr. Roizen always talks about loneliness and how it's very, very dangerous for us to allow loneliness anywhere and we have to look out for each other. But Perry had indications that he was, in fact, a lonely guy, wrote about it in his book. We'll we'll get into that when we get Dr. Roizen in here. Yesterday was a very interesting day. And by interesting, I mean uh, filled with uh, a lot of sparks in Washington, D.C. There were hearings in D.C. that featured the Secretary of Defense, the Secretary of State, the Secretary of Homeland Security, all getting grilled in uh, Senate hearings. And there were sparks from protesters. But I, I think the the most fantastic exchange was the Department of Homeland Security secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas, being grilled by Josh Hawley, Senator Josh Hawley. Uh, Mayorkas was absolutely caught flat-footed when he was presented with evidence that someone on his staff, someone who works for the Department of Homeland Security, was posting some pretty awful stuff about Israel, especially on the very day that Israel was attacked by the terrorist Hamas. Yeah, part one of this exchange is right here.
1: What about people who say things like, on October the 7th, F Israel, I'm cleaning up the language here, F Israel, the government and its military, are you ready for your downfall? People who say things like F Israel and any Jew who supports Israel. May your conscience haunt your dreams until your last breath, Palestine will be free one day, F apartheid Israel and any Israeli This is pretty extreme rhetoric, don't you think? Senator,
2: um, I do, and I think there is a distinction between espousing or endorsing terrorist ideology and uh, speech uh, that is uh, odious, that does not rise to that um, level.
1: Fair enough. This person works for you.
0: Oh, this person works for you. The person who said, F, apartheid Israel, and any Jew that supports it yeah, this person works for you. I wonder if we could have had a blood pressure meter or a, uh, just a, a, a pulse meter on the witness at that time, if we could have seen a spike right there. I'm pretty sure you would have. And right after Hawley said, this person works for you, he brought in the heavy artillery.
1: An employee of the Department of Homeland Security who posted these comments on October the 7th. That's not all she posted. She also posted this graphic. Now this is a fake graphic, I want to be clear, but I think we understand it. This is a paraglider, a Hamas paraglider, depicted here with a machine gun flying into Israel. She posted it under her online alias with the celebratory Free Palestine. Mr. Secretary, what, what's going on here? Is this, is this typical of, of people who work at DHS? This is an asylum and immigration officer who is posting these, frankly, pro-genocidal slogans and images on the day that Israelis are being slaughtered in their beds. What have you done about this?
0: Yeah, what have you done about this? Surely you fired this person already, right? He's going to say, uh, we fired that person. We don't take that kind of crap. At the Department of Homeland Security, that's probably what he said, right? Yeah, I'm sure he did that. No, no, he didn't. Instead, Mayorkas tried to go on the attack, but he was uh, not ready for Senator Hawley. Things I'd like to say to you. Number one, your
2: question to suggest that it, that is emblematic of the
1: men and women of the Department of Homeland Security is despicable. I'm sorry. What have you done? This person works for the Department of Homeland Security. Have you fired her? That was one of four answers. Have you fired her? One. Have you fired her? Don't come to this hearing room when Israel has been invaded and Jewish students are barricaded in libraries in this country and cannot be escorted out because they are threatened for their lives. You have employees who are celebrating genocide and you are saying it's despicable for me to ask the question.
0: Absolutely impl- rock-solid, Senator Hawley. Well done, sir. Very well done. We also had some uh, interesting comments from the FBI director, Christopher Ray. He was in the Senate hearing room as well. Director Wray uh, was uh, talking about Iran and the assassination attempts that Iran has made against high-ranking current and former U.S. government officials. Remember, this is the Iranian regime that Joe Biden has managed to get $100 billion funneled their way since he took office. As
2: the world's largest state sponsor of terrorism, the Iranians, for instance, have directly or by hiring criminals mounted assassination attempts against dissidents and high-ranking current and former U.S. government officials, including right here on American soil.
0: Then why you guys keep giving them money? Why aren't you starving the beast? Just wondering, sir, I'm sorry I interrupted you.
2: And along those lines, Hezbollah, Iran's primary strategic partner, has a history of seeding operatives and infrastructure, obtaining money and weapons and spying in this country going
0: Hmm. well maybe we shouldn't be giving iran money to give to hezbollah i'm just saying the director seems to think that uh, hamas might even be ready to conduct attacks here in america
2: but as i said a few moments ago on top of the homegrown violent extremists and domestic violent extremist threat we also cannot and do not discount the possibility that Hamas or another foreign terrorist organization may exploit the current conflict to conduct attacks here on our own soil. We have kept our sights on Hamas and have multiple ongoing investigations into individuals affiliated with that foreign terrorist organization.
0: Well, maybe, just maybe, here's an idea. Maybe we stop investigating Catholics With the FBI agents, maybe we stop thinking about putting FBI agents inside Catholic churches and we focus on the real terrorists, the Hamas folks 172 individuals on the terror watch list were already encountered trying to come into this country illegally in the fiscal year 2023, which just ended. 172 doesn't sound like much, right, when you compare it to the millions and millions and millions of people who are in this country illegally since Joe Biden took office. 172 were encountered. God knows how many got through. But that 172, that's about a tenth. uh, That's about 10 times the number that uh, attacked this country on September 11th in 2001. About 10 times the number. Are we to expect 10 times the September 11th attacks in the future from these people here illegally? And to put that 172 number into further perspective, that is more, more people on the terror watch list than entered this country in the six previous years. Six previous years. Do we even have any idea who's coming in? Who's really crossing the border? Uh, Back to uh, Mayorkas, who should be just thrown out, impeached. He he should have resigned in in shame at this point. But none of these Democrats are ashamed of anything they do. Back to Mayorkas being asked about Hamas and Hezbollah and any of the other bad folks that Iran is backing to come into this country. Um, Do we know? Do we know that they're here or not? Is there anybody who's got real intel on that?
2: Can you say that Hamas, Hezbollah, or other iran backed terrorists are not in the US currently, um, after possibly illegally crossing our southern border? Um, uh, Senator, uh, let me assure you that anyone who poses a threat to our national security or our public safety is an enforcement priority of ours, and we use our detention capabilities to the fullest extent
0: so you were asked if you could say that they're they're not here and all you're saying is we use our enforcement and detention technologies and the bill no they can't say it you can't say it Hmm. it's really upsetting it's really infuriating Uh, god help us and I got help, the people on the border, and I, I just wish there'd be some sanity among the Democrats and we would allow the new Speaker of the House to push through the funding that will attempt to strengthen our southern border. The Democrats don't want that to happen. The Republicans want to have the support for Israel and Ukraine and the border all voted on separately. The Democrats uh, demand that this all be pushed together. And we're seeing that now. President Biden is saying he won't sign a bill, and the Senate, the Chuck Schumer-led Senate, is saying that they won't pass that bill. They don't want separate funding because it's going to take money away from their their beloved expansion of the IRS. I hope people are starting to wake up and see what's what's really going on here. What really is behind all of the Democrats push for all of this expansion of government, aside from the fact that it it weakens our country. If we don't have a border, we don't have a country. We already don't have a president. I mean, really, Joe Biden, he's just not there, is he? He's not. Yesterday, the um, the press event that was held at the White House was talking about how this administration wants to come in and help protect retirement plans that people have had you know because the government really needs to get inside your retirement plan and be a helper let's go back to ronald reagan and the nine most dangerous words in the history of the english language i'm from the government and i'm here to help yeah anyone feel confident with this guy talking about helping you with your retirement plan
3: you know uh it represented uh, the, the, the moment we walked away from how this country was built when we got into the trickle down series.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, more confidence from Joe Biden here.
3: Now, I would argue that most people, an awful lot of people, not the people in this room, but an awful lot of people don't think about that retirement when they're 20, 30, and 40 years old. But here's what it means. Many Americans spend their whole lives working, putting every dime left after the end of the month in their retirement account.
0: Hmm. Do we even have any dimes left after the end of the month because of the Bidenomics? I don't think so. I don't think so, Joe. People are actually withdrawing them from their retirement accounts because of Joe Biden. Withdrawing, that's one of the dumbest things you can do if you have to go into your retirement account. It is going to hurt you because you won't have the time to rebuild that account, especially if you're now in your 60s and you started your account when you were in your 20s or 30s. Just, uh, just really disturbing that they're looking at helping us with our retirement accounts.
3: I ran for president to make sure the economy works for everyone, at least gives everyone an equal shot.
0: Gives everyone an equal stab wound, you mean. Americans have seen a 3.2% pay cut under Joe Biden, while prices have risen 17.7%. And they're not slowing down. The inflation is going to continue. It really is going to continue. And, and meanwhile, this guy's mumbling, stumbling, and bumbling, definitely not playing with a full deck. I could play you the montage that goes on for five minutes of, of Joe just messing up getting caught. You know what I'm talking about. He regularly forgets where he is. Here, let me give you just a little bit of this.
3: I, uh, um.
0: Yeah? Yeah, Joe? Anyway.
3: The best way to get something done, if you, if you holds near and dear to you that you, uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. From, from, uh, uh. Char — excuse me, from Charlotte, one — uh, another line going from — in Florida down to Tampa. Of Putin's kleptocracy uh, — t- uh, yeah. And — and — and Joan Shangang. — I'm going to pass it Shanga. $159,000 billion dollars let. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going
0: to put him uh, foot, foot. Yeah, I know. it goes on. there's there's over a minute more of that, and those are just selected ones. He regularly double clutches, loses his place, forgets where he is, and when he says, anyway, it means he's forgotten. He's forgotten what he was actually saying, and the world sees this. the rest of the world sees this. It is a cacistocracy, a government by the worst possible individuals, the worst possible individuals. And can we really afford that on this stage? Well, we have 369 more days to deal with it. Meanwhile, Kamala is halfway around the world pitching everything to do with climate change, including artificial intelligence. You know, the government now wants to get involved and create an entirely new government office. To help us, using air quotes with my fingers, help us with artificial intelligence. Because (laughs) if anyone is artificially intelligent, I think it's the government. But uh, Kamala wants us to know, and our our British friends to know, our allies to know, that AI will help us fix the, the weather. AI will help us solve the climate change problem. The climate change problem is not a problem, the climate changes. That's how it works. We're in the middle of the shift from summer to fall and winter will be just around the way. But this has been going on for a long time. This has been going on for at least 40 years. In 1983, NBC News was predicting we were all going to die by the 1990s because of climate change. Yeah, 1983, NBC News, Jessica Savage. The Reagan administration has
2: proposed making airbags or automatic seatbelts mandatory for new cars. Critics urged immediate action. And finally, a federal report today predicted possible catastrophic warming of the earth by the 1990s with a strong climate change.
3: I'm Jessica Savage in New York.
0: Yeah, thanks a lot for that. By the way, the airbags were a good idea. And, And they actually started showing up in cars back in the 70s. And I dare say they've saved a lot of lives. That's one where we actually had proof and science, you know, crash test dummies that could show us the problem. But Democrats have been creating all of this uh, fake news stuff for a long time in order to get control. They want control without any accountability. I'm just looking back on the three years of the pandemic. And how the Democrats were putting controls on people and not on themselves. Let me give you a little montage that uh, I think this came from uh, uh, Mays Moore on the Twitter. It starts with uh, the New York City former mayor, the guy who thought he could be president, Bill de Blasio, worst mayor in the history of New York City. Uh, Bill de Blasio talking about how he was allowed to shut all the gymnasiums all the health clubs in new york during the pandemic but keep one open for him and then the mayor of chicago talking about how she had to get her hair and makeup done because she's so important and then nancy pelosi well you get the idea check it out
1: i need exercise to be able to stay healthy and make decisions i'm going to figure out some new way to do it going forward i did not for a moment think there was anything problematic because i knew the dynamics and again I have to stay healthy so I can make the decisions for the people of the city.
0: Yeah, not you, just him. He needs to stay healthy to make decisions for you. Last thing that Mayor Lightfoot wanted to talk about today was getting a haircut. and She didn't do a whole lot of talking about it, but she certainly didn't apologize for it either.
4: I'm out in the public eye and, you know, I'm I'm a person who I take my personal hygiene very seriously. As I said, I felt like I needed to um, have a
1: haircut. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi under fire tonight after security footage showed her inside a San Francisco hair salon that's closed to the general public because of coronavirus. I think that they
3: all, that this salon, owes was me, an
0: apology. Yeah, she blamed the hair salon, saying it was basically a setup. It was in Napa, which was in the orange status, relatively loose compared to some other counties.
2: Uh, it was to be an outdoor uh, uh, restaurant.
3: I got up and started dancing because I was feeling the spirit and I wasn't thinking about a mask.
0: I- yeah, all of these Democrats are are saying, do as I say, not as I do. And that's why I really don't want a single one of them elected going forward. Not a single one of them. A couple other things I'll point you to. uh, I I think you should check out the uh, Joe Rogan podcast with Elon Musk. I know it's hard to sit through the lengthy podcasts of Rogan. Some of them are two and three hours. Who's got the time? There are plenty of clips out there. There was a great moment during the uh, discussion with Elon Musk where uh, Musk took on the issue of George Soros. We often talk about George Soros, who has been manipulating our country for decades now, using his billions to try and create a uh, destruction of America, with the end result being he wants a one-world government, one currency, one-world government, which is never going to happen. But he's going to create chaos. He, George Soros, is going to create chaos. Elon Musk had a very interesting take on it. And I think you should check this out.
4: And Soros, I don't know. I mean, he had a very difficult upbringing. Um, and uh, I, in my opinion, he fundamentally hates humanity. That's my
0: opinion. Now, that's a, a pretty harsh take. Uh, but as far as saying uh, he, had a, he had a tough upbringing, yeah, a lot of us did get a helmet. A lot of us had a tough upbringing, but we don't want to take down America. But Musk goes in to explain how Soros is doing it. And I think he's accurate here. Really?
4: Yeah. I mean, well, he's doing things that erode the fabric of civilization. You know, uh, getting DAs elected who refuse to prosecute crime. That's part of the problem in San Francisco and L.A. and much other cities. So why would you do that?
0: Was it humanity, or is it just the United States as a whole? I mean, I mean he's doing pushing things in other countries, too. He's doing the zero. same thing? Yeah. Now, d- d- George, at
4: this point, is pretty old. I mean, he's not, uh, you know, he's basically a bit senile at this point. But, I mean, he, he, he and, and he's, he, he's, a, he's very smart, um, and he's very good at arbitrage. You know, famously, he uh, shorted the British pound. That's sort of how uh, I think he made his first uh, money.
0: Yes, he did make his first money shorting the British pound. He was also convicted of being a currency manipulator. And then he took the proceeds and he started working on undermining places like the United States of America. It's a fascinating interview with Elon Musk, but he talks about how Soros just doesn't like humanity. And I think he's pretty accurate on that. Pretty darn accurate. All right, let's get to uh, Dr. Michael Roizen, our friend from the Cleveland Clinic, the guy behind the Longevity Playbook. You should go to longevityplaybook.com. Dr. Royson's joining us. We talked earlier in the week when I was on the radio for Rich Zioli. Uh, we talked about the situation with Matthew Perry. And uh, a lot of people were speculating, well, he had done a workout and then he got in a hot tub and that caused him to pass out, have a heart attack, whatever. And it more likely appears that uh, there was a relapse in the drug abuse problem that Matthew Perry had. We don't have the results of the autopsy here. But if you read Perry's book, where he talked quite openly about all the problems, all the demons he faced, uh, one of the things that was troubling him was loneliness. And uh, Dr. Roizen, I have to speculate that um that that can be a, a huge part of a cause for the breakdown here and the loneliness can really be a overwhelming contributing factor to the uh, the early end for Matthew Perry on this am I wrong on that Dr. Rose it, it loneliness could be uh, a big stinking deal as it relates to the death of Matthew Perry.
5: Well that's exactly right that, um The key to managing stress um, and is, if you will, the key to managing stress is those three P's, posse, purpose and play. Hmm. So the and, and by far posse is the most important way back when. And I think we've talked about this before in the Whitehall studies in Great Britain, having six friends was the key to slowing your rate of aging so having six people you talk to um, and are vulnerable to once a month um, is key and yes your spouse does count and your kids do count if you talk to them and are vulnerable to them but the the key is those six uh friends so don't um stop calling people um and one of the good things to do is pick out a couple friends each Saturday and each Sunday when you've got enough time and when they've got enough time uh, and call them and even if they're old friends, start up a new conversation.
0: I think one of the most important things you mentioned in there when you talk about having those six friends that you can talk to, you also said you can be vulnerable with them. I think that's really important, Doc. I think we need people that we can't be afraid to tell them when we're afraid or tired or, you know, you've got a problem. I think that's a real key to having an actual genuine posse. I think it is, too. I, I want to get into all the great research you sent me this week, Doc, but there is also a, a story that I have to ask you about. I saw this this um, story about the second pig heart transplant person didn't survive. I know we use pig valves to repair broken, physically broken hearts in people. Are we using pig hearts as, as a replacement for human hearts?
5: Well, there's a shortage of human her- hearts, if you will. Yeah. There are many, literally tons of hundreds of people needing a heart, new heart because of ischemic disease, that is, lack of blood flow. They've been diabetic. They haven't taken care of their cholesterol, et cetera. Um, or they just grew up with bad genetics. And so one of the ideas was, could we grow hearts in pigs that had human genetics? That is, you insert the human genes into the pig muscle, so it grows human muscle, and then uh, you do sub- significant immune suppression, just like we do for uh, human heart transplants. Mm-hmm. And so the hope was that we could do this and not have a immune response as if it was a pig and had many different genes, but was much closer to a human. And that's where they're going with this project. And so it is an attempt to grow, essentially, a human heart in the pig and then transfer that human heart to another human.
0: That's amazing. It's it's absolutely amazing. And I know so many people are dealing with waiting on, on lists for transplants, waiting for a heart, and this would solve a lot of problems. It also is a little science fiction-y, uh, Doc. It's a little scary. A little scary for me, but uh, the, the future is supposed to be a little scary. You've got my brain spinning now, and I, I just wonder when you say we're growing human hearts inside pigs, are we putting a second heart in the pig, a second pump, a human heart, and seeing if it can grow there? Or are we actually changing the pig heart to be more human-like?
5: Um, we're putting the human genes in the pig very early in life so that they are growing a human heart
0: so it's kind of a hybrid pig human heart yes wow that's amazing doc uh, we've talked at length about the weight loss drugs that were meant to uh, help people with diabetes so Zempic, jardians that kind of stuff that's going on Uh, i i believe it's it's starting to have an effect on the economy Krispy Kreme the donut people are saying that that they're facing a serious revenue problem and they're pointing at the weight loss drugs. So that's a considerable shift and I guess it's a good thing if we if we gain healthier smaller people but may have to give up a uh, a company or two or at least reduction of sales in that. I, and you kind of predicted this. This this will have a huge effect on the economy and more than likely in a positive manner.
5: Absolutely. We spend um, $700 billion on medical treatments from the complications of obesity, such as knee replacements and hip replacements. And people spend um, a uh, over um, that amount on weight loss treatments. Just imagine if we can... Eliminate obesity, eliminate uh, much heart disease, type 2 diabetes, um, fatty liver disease and dementia because we've eliminated um, and osteoarthritis. The major cause of of arthritis and back pain is, in fact, obesity. Mm. So imagine if we can eliminate those.
0: It's an interesting, fascinating uh, side effect of of the the amazing success of these drugs, uh, Doc. We also talk about red meat on on our discussions every week, and now there's a a, a linkage between red meat and uh, an inc- your the amount of red meat I guess you eat and the risk for type two diabetes.
5: Right. This has been known for a long time. This was a confirmatory study in a large population which looked at how much red meat they eat and the risk of type 2 diabetes, and it was about a 40% increase if you had a second or more portions of red meat a week. So one portion didn't seem to affect it, but red meat and processed red meat especially increased uh, your risk of um type 2 diabetes, presumably because of the inflammation it causes in your body.
0: Dr. So. Roizen always says, eat foods that love you. And I think that's one of those things that always circles around in my brain as I'm getting ready to have dinner. Try and focus on eating foods that love you back so that you can live younger right. and longer. Um, uh, Doc, one more here because it caught my attention. I I always tell people I'm I'm kind of proud of the fact I don't, have any prescription drugs that i have to take every day in my life i take that that tiny aspirin in the morning and evening but that's it but you're saying now uh the 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 um the belief as americans are going to spend half their lives taking a prescription drug
5: well this isn't the belief this is what's happening now um it turns out women on average are starting to take a prescription drug around age 16. That's presumably a birth control pill or something like that. And men are starting to take a pill around age 46. And when you average it out, um, it turns out that the typical American takes a prescription medicine or more. It gets more as we get older, obviously, um, uh, on average for half of their life. So it is very typical for people now... Um, women in their 60s, 70s, and 80s, and men as well, um, and we're living longer, so that's half of our life type of thing, to be on a thyroid preparation, a blood pressure pill, a something that manages their cholesterol levels. Um, and those are uh, three very common things that, in fact, Um, just a blood pressure pill by the time you're 80 80 percent of americans are on it Hmm. so it it is it is you can expect to be taking and and most of these are low cost now a low-cost prescription medicine for half of your life
0: no wonder why they call it big pharma (laughs) it's all it's part of our life but again it's helping you manage stress blood pressure all the things that uh would cut your life short and maybe you're going to live younger and longer it is exactly
5: that michael I, I want people to understand these are some of the great advances we have people who are afraid of statins so the vast majority of statins give much more benefit than risk it's like a flu shot much more benefit than risk um, and this is some of the tremendous advances and some of these are becoming over-the-counter advances um, that are just wonderful at keeping us younger longer and we're going to get much more back to the root causes as we've said such as in treatment of of, um, obesity but that's really a miracle set of drugs right you're eliminating a huge problem for many people of craving food or craving alcohol
0: Excellent, Dr. Royson. excellent. I encourage everybody, visit longevityplaybook.com. You'll get so much information there about how you're gonna turn yourself into a genetic engineer and live longer but younger. And you can do it, you can do it. Take charge of your own life and your own health and then hang out with us because we talk about the latest in medicine every week with Dr. Michael Royson. Follow him on Twitter, it's at Dr. Mike Royson.